Hey gang, it's Tim from the Inform Fitness Podcast. We'll get to the show in about 60 seconds, but first, I want to save you some money while you adopt the Power of 10 lifestyle. There are three pillars necessary to amplify your success of the Power of 10. Pillar number two is nutrition, and our friends at Thrive Market are going to make following this protocol easy and affordable. At Thrive Market, you'll find wholesome products that are inform fitness friendly at wholesale prices. Their products are much more affordable than the grocery store, and they deliver your items right to your door. Plus, with all orders over $49, you get shipping absolutely free. Try it for yourself. Visit thrivemarket.com, register for free, Start your 30-day free trial, and if you're happy with the service and their products, you can join the community. It's just a one-time $59.95 fee, and most customers save that amount in their first order. And then you can continue to save a bunch of money and grow healthier in the process. Want to save some cash? Simply email me directly at tim at inboundpodcasting.com, and I will send you your own personal code that will shave 15% off your first order. Thrive Market is on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. All right, on with the show. Welcome to the Inform Fitness Podcast, 20 minutes with New York Times bestselling author, Adam Zickerman. In this podcast, we're going to discuss my original vision for how we started Inform Fitness and where I want Inform Fitness to go and where we think exercise should go in the future. It's nice to see that my original intuition over 20 years ago has been validated by some recent science. So we're gonna bring on some scientists in this industry, some great testimonials from clients that have experienced this. I'm gonna be bringing in musicians and very interesting people, bodybuilders talking about how little they actually work out. It's going to shed some light on some very important topics. Inform Nation, welcome back in. Thanks again for joining us here on the Inform Fitness Podcast, 20 Minutes with Adam Zickerman and friends. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network and the gang's all here once again. We have Sheila Melody, with Inform Fitness in the Los Angeles area, Mike Rogers from New York City, and across the hall from Mike is the founder of Inform Fitness, Adam Zuckerman. This show will assist you in supercharging your metabolism. It'll give you the information that you'll need to increase your cardiovascular endurance, make you leaner and stronger, especially if you engage in the principles of pillar number two in the power of 10, nutrition. And that's exactly what Inform Nation member Haley did and she lost 35 pounds with this system. Um, at one point in my life, I was 35 pounds heavier, um, and I was not happy with it. I was depressed, and I didn't feel confident, and I definitely didn't have the strength that I have now. And so I started coming to Inform. Uh, my friend told me about it, and I came, and I have loved it ever since. So she's had some great success, lost 35 pounds, but it took more than just exercise, high-intensity exercise for her to reach that goal, right, Adam? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, you, you, when, you, when you're strength training, when you're doing high-intensity exercise, you're definitely uh, helping your cause, for sure, by raising metabolism a little bit, by controlling your blood sugar a little bit, and we'll get into how that happens. But she definitely uh, had to have changed her diet to lose those 35 pounds. I think it all it all comes down to another misconception, which is that it all has to do with calorie expenditure versus calorie intake. And that's why I think a lot of people think that they have to do a lot of cardio because it's all down to calories. And what we've realized in short is that that's not true. And Adam, you can dive a little bit deeper into this, but fat regulation has very little to do, if any, to do with calorie expenditure. Isn't that correct? 
But actually, the body wants those calories back. So yes, it does. You're, the more you increase your activity level, the more it's going to actually increase your appetite. And, and so the more calories you burn, the, the body is going to try to reach some kind of homeostasis and slow you down in other ways. You can't fool Mother Nature. So activity levels to burn calories uh, have, have been doomed to fail since we started trying. And it, it, it's not working. People are not losing massive amounts of weight by adding a lot of cardio to their, to their routines. All right, they're only doing it really by by proper nutrition. There's an old YouTube that we saw years ago. Do you remember there was a couple of personal trainers? Yeah, it was a couple pizza. of personal trainers who eating uh, the pizza. Yeah, correct. <laughs> on yeah, the where one, where yeah, one was uh, one trainer was going to run as fast as he could on the treadmill for as long as it took the other one to eat two slices of pizza. And when it was done in eight minutes or whatever, one one trainer uh, he burned ninety calories running, and the other one consumed like nine hundred calories in the same amount of time. And their whole point was, you can't out train a bad diet, and no matter what, there are a lot of benefits to what you are doing in exercise that can get your metabolism going, which will be make it a fat burning machine, which Adam will go into. But uh, what we do know is that it's not just sitting on the treadmill burning calories the whole time. So, Mike, you just mentioned uh, turning your body into a fat-burning machine, and that requires uh, all three of those pillars for the power of 10. And we'll just reiterate again, of course, high-intensity exercise, nutrition, and rest and recovery. So, Adam, if you can, dive in a little bit deeper on how to turn that body into a fat-burning machine through nutrition. Body fat is, is stored energy. And the body stores it because it doesn't need it at that moment. So what you have to try to do is get your body to utilize that fat. And the only way your body is going to utilize that fat is if you don't give it, you don't give it anything else besides that. In other words, it's going to go to sugar first. It's easier to metabolize sugar. It's less, you know, less effort in doing it. It's kind of like when you, when you come home and, and it's cold in the house, you just turn on the, uh, you turn the dial on the thermostat and uh, it gets warmer. But what happens if you didn't get a uh, oil delivery, you know, and you don't have any oil? Now you have to do something else. You, you have to heat the house. So now you have to go down outside, get some firewood, start a fire, get the kindling going. You know, it, it's effort to actually warm. And then it takes time to warm up the house that way because it's not a very efficient way of, of heating a house. And that's kind of what we're essentially doing when we try to burn fat. We want to try to run out of gas. The easy, the easy way of heating a house, which is the glucose, the sugar. If you can eliminate that, the body's going to say, hey, there's no sugar. There's no easy gas. I'm going to have to actually work to get my energy right now. And I'm going to have to go to fat for this fuel. And the body learns to metabolize efficiently the fat by finally telling the DNA to express for the enzymes that it's never had to express for because the person's blood sugar was so high all the time. But now all of a sudden, blood sugar drops. Now we have to metabolize fat. That needs special enzymes to do that. So now the body says, "Hey, uh, DNA, we need some, uh, we need some, you know, enzymes here that metabolize fat. There's none around. You know, make it ASAP." And the body, you know, works as hard as it can to do so, but it takes some time. So there's an adjustment period from going from a high sugar diet to a very low sugar diet. Uh, it's kind of like going from low alt, you know, sea level to high altitude. The body has to adjust to that as well. So knowing this, uh, I, I feel that the diet that we should be generally thinking about, or, or at least as a starting point, is reducing sugar in your diet and see how that goes. And there's a lot of hidden sugar in our, sugar in our diets. We don't realize it. Even when we're eating a lot of vegetables and fruits, we are getting plenty of sugar. And 
if you're having more than 50 to 100 grams of sugar a day, it's going to be hard for the body to really need to use fat for fuel. It's just the way it is because, because fat is regulated by hormones. And, and I'm oversimplifying it for sure. But that's a good starting point. Everyone's metabolism is different. Everyone's genetics is different. So this 50 grams or 100 grams of sugar thing is just a guideline. And there might be other considerations. You know, but that's where I usually start. Our, our obesity epidemic in this country is not because we're sedentary in it and we're sitting behind computers more. All right, our problem is because we are, as a society, eating way too much sugar, way too much sugar. And it really means to me, uh, depending upon the person, anywhere from 100 grams or less per day of, of sugar. And that's including fruit, sugars, and Absolutely. all kinds exactly. of Exactly. So if you're going to have an apple, which is already 20 grams, give or take, wow. all right, which is, who's going to say not to have an apple? You know, I mean, I know weight loss is important, so you still have to count those calories as those grams of sugar. So there's 20. Now you have either, you know, 30, you know, 30 to 80 left. So you just take that into account. And when you have your vegetables and your salad, all right, and you have some some uh, nuts, which have carbohydrates in it, and maybe you eat some beans, that's plenty of carbohydrates and beans. I mean, that has good protein in it as well. All of a sudden, you're like, whoa, boy, that 100 comes up fast. Yeah. Those 100 grams. And, and, and then nowhere there is there room for cake, pizza, bagels, bread. Even yogurts and oatmeals are going to start putting you over the top if you're eating your uh, your veggies. <laughs> and if you want to have fruit, I mean, there are some people that just don't have the fruit. There are people that are very sensitive to the spikes of sugar. And those people, to really lose weight, really have to go really low on the sugar side. And, and sometimes that doesn't even work. You know, Adam, you mentioned that high-intensity training helps in controlling blood sugar. Why don't you talk a little bit more about that? Okay. Well, like I was saying about nutrition, by, by not having a lot of sugar in your diet, your, your body's going to say, well, there's not that much sugar in my diet. I'm going to need fat for the rest of this fuel. Well, in keeping in line with that and helping control that blood sugar, high-intensity tr strength training does something really cool. When you work out to muscle failure and it's the whole body, you're depleting your muscles of much, if not all, of its glycogen stores. What are glycogen stores? Glycogen is where the muscles are, is, is, a, is a, a polymer of glucose. In other words, it's a chain of glucose molecules that is stored in the muscle. And it's stored in the muscle because the muscle needs it right away for fight and flight. So biology evolution has kind of made this really nifty system where you can actually store the fuel right there at the muscle site where it needs it the most. So when you exercise and you dump your muscles of all their glycogen, to the body, that is actually having a fight and dumping all your glycogen, fighting a bear, for example. All right, so when that happens, your body wants to put that sugar back. It wants to put that sugar back. And this is where it gets really cool because in an attempt to put the sugar back into the muscle after high-intensity exercise, that's another usage for, for the sugar. That's not going to go into fat store because if your body needs it in the muscle, it's going to take whatever carbohydrates you are eating, and instead of storing it at fat, it's going to actually try to put it back into the muscle. All right, so that's just a little bonus. The reason the body wants to put it back, by the way, is because why is it uncomfortable? Why, when you dump glycogen out of a muscle, does the body prioritize putting it back? It's kind of like the spare tire in our car. Mm. All right, we don't feel comfortable driving around in a car that doesn't have a spare tire because if you get a flat somewhere in the middle of nowhere, you're in trouble. Well, 
the body says, if I don't have any glycogen stored in my muscles and I get into a fight with a bear, I'm going to lose. I'm going to probably lose anyway, <laughs> glycogen <laughs> or not. <laughs> you know? The revenant. Yeah, yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. So we're back to that So the body response. is like wants to be prepared for an emergency and it is going to prioritize replacing that glycogen. And in an attempt to replace that glycogen, it's going to keep your blood sugar low. It's going to be taking that sugar out of your blood and putting it into muscle in, instead of putting it into fat. But again... You have to eat a low glycemic diet to start with for that to actually have a benefit. So, Adam, you were you were just saying that how if you know your muscles use this the glycogen that is stored when we do this high intensity workout, but if you're not marrying that with a good nutritional diet that has low glycemic you know uh, values in it, then how? Is that different when you're doing this high intensity workout and you're not, and you're say you're eating a lot of sugar, or say you're not really matching it with a good diet? What's the difference? Yeah, I say it's not it's not going to help much if, if uh, as far as fat loss is concerned, if you're still eating a lot of carbohydrates in your diet. Because for a uh, average size male that is fairly well built, he can probably only expect to store maybe 225 grams of glycogen in his muscles. In other words. You don't have to eat too much sugar to replace all that. That's that's you know if you eat a lot of people eat a lot more sugar than that in a day. So you do this workout, you deplete your muscles of two hundred some odd grams of, of carbohydrates, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then you you eat a bagel. You just gave it back. So it's only in conjunction with with a low glycemic diet, a low sugar diet that that this will actually give you some extra boost for controlling your blood sugar. But in the same breath, are you still productively doing something? Are you still building muscle? Are you still increasing? Oh, yeah. I mean, we're talking specifically about fat loss. I mean, again, we're trying to control the the hormone insulin. Mm -hmm. Fat is regulated by hormones, period. All right. You have to play that right. You have to have the right hormones that you want suppressing the hormones you don't want. You want insulin to be suppressed. So the hormones necessary for using fat for fuel are have free reign to do what they have to do. Sometimes if people start this workout and they're not re- really prepared yet to to go on that proper diet, but they're still going to do the workout. And maybe it'll take them a couple months to kind of get, you know, well, the, yeah, the motivation. Workout, the work, I see what you're saying. I mean, the workout, of course, is still worth doing just because you're not losing fat or you're not willing, or you're not ready to, to engage in, in, in a rather what some people might consider a draconian type of diet. <laughs> um, if, you know, I'd rather be strong and overweight than weak and overweight. I mean, they're they're going to reap all the benefits that that come from being really strong and, and from maintaining muscle mass. And we we've talked about all those benefits, and we're going to continue to talk about the profound benefits of, of, of building strength as we get older and maintaining it as we get older. That goes way beyond uh, fat loss. And then when they're ready, let's say they've been working out for like four months and then they finally say, okay, I'm really going on this diet now. Do you think it will be easier? Well, the metabolism will be a little bit higher, obviously. They'll have more muscles. So uh, probably. (laughs) The truth is is everyone's very, very different and we see great results very fast. We've heard several testimonials already on the show before. And and, Adam and I have seen so many hundreds over the years of people losing, you know, 10 pounds to 20 pounds to 70 pounds to even up to 150 pounds. And uh, that readiness 
is different for everybody. Um, the reality is it's a little bit of a troubleshooting process to get to the bottom of it all. It, there's, there's a little bit of exercise involved, which is, which is high intensity strength training. And there's a lot of nutritional, uh, work that's involved. And it's, it's, unfortunately, it's not an easy thing for most people. And, uh, it, it as Adam said, uh, you know, insulin is the primary regulator of our fat, but there are so many other factors involved and there's nothing lost in attacking your strength training program immediately. And it's definitely going to have an effect, a positive effect over the course of whatever the journey is for that, for that client. Um, but it's, uh, the reality is there's nothing that's, uh, that happens quickly. Well, for most people. And, and it starts, I think the usual suspects start with what Adam said is, uh, your, uh, your simple carbs and then your complex carbs. And then they can go into other things too, depending on where allergies and sensitivities occur. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough topic, but, um, but an important one. And one that is covered in great detail in Adam's book, Power of 10, the once a week slow motion fitness revolution. Adam does a terrific job simplifying the information so that it is easy to understand. You'll find easy to follow tables and charts and descriptions in chapter three, nutrition, the second pillar. We invite you to pick it up at an informed fitness location, or you can order it through Amazon. We have a link available to the book right here in our show notes. We have a lot of interviews lined up for future podcasts, so we hope that you'll stick around and continue to learn more about the power of 10 from other experts in the field of fitness, along with some amazing testimonials like the one we have lined up for you over the next two weeks. We will be talking to Inform Nation member Joni Pimentel. She is also a member of the LA-based band No Small Children. And for a glimpse of Joni and a sample of music, head on over to nosmallchildren.com. The reason we'll be talking to Joni? She lost 118 pounds over two years with the power of 10, slow motion, high intensity weight training. She's a lot of fun with some really great stories and highly inspirational. So make sure you come back and join us. And to join Inform Nation for yourself and give this workout a try, pop on over to informfitness.com to find a location nearest you. If you would like to ask Adam, Mike, or Sheila a question, maybe you have a comment regarding the power of 10, send us an email or record a voice memo on your phone and send it to podcast at informfitness.com. You can even give us a call at 888-983-5020, extension 3. That's 888-983-5020, extension 3, to leave your comment, question, or even a suggestion. All feedback is welcome. And speaking of feedback, please leave us a review right here in iTunes or wherever you might be listening. And don't forget to subscribe. We really do appreciate you listening to the Inform Fitness Podcast. For Adam, Mike, and Sheila, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.